Hello and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber, NFL editor for SB Nation. With me, as always, Stephen White. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing awesome. How about you? You know, I can't complain. We're coming up on the halfway point in the preseason. The regular season's right around the corner. My to-do list is a little intimidating, but I'm trying not to focus on that. I'm getting ready. I'm just, I'm too excited for the season to get bogged down in the details. So hopefully so everything gets done. That's the only, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that will help. Get everything done. So. <laughs> Makes it easier. Yeah, for sure. All right, Stephen, I feel like we also should talk a little football today because it's coming up fast. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to try to take a stab without looking at a calendar to tell you how soon the regular season's going to be here. But I thought we'd kind of jump back to our uh, division divisional previews. Um, and since we talked about James Harrison, what better place to start than the AFC North? It seems like, I don't this is a tough division for me. I, I mean, I would have said it looks like the Steelers' division to lose, but it's close anyway because Cincinnati is still a pretty good, has a pretty good team. I think Baltimore could be a little better, and I don't think Cleveland's probably at that level yet, but, you know, I think they'll, we've talked about it before, they might be a little better than people suspect. But the thing with the Steelers that, that I think takes them down a notch for me is – <laughs> the Le'Veon Bell suspension. Well, <clears throat> it, it, the, the good thing about the Le'Veon Bell suspension, if there's anything good, is that they have D'Angelo Williams. And yeah. he showed last year that he could certainly step in and, 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 and maybe not be as good as Le'Veon Bell, but be very productive for them uh, yeah. as well. Uh, actually... My biggest concern is their skill position all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Martavis Bryant is out for the year. He got suspended again. Um, and, and if you have him, that, that looks like, you know, just a monster offense. But but then now there's whispers about Ladarius Green, their big offseason oh, yeah. uh, acquisition. And, and, and I was very excited about him. Uh, uh, he's gonna be was maybe still is <laughs> one of my breakout players because I just felt like you know we, we all know the kind of athletic ability he has. Uh, he's fast. He's tall. He can get up the seam in a hurry. Pretty good hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in in San Diego, he was kind of always behind Gates. Yeah. Um, so he, he could never really be the main guy. And, and just from perspective of going to an offense that was perfect for his skill set, I just thought that was the perfect place for him to go was Pittsburgh where you got a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger who would just chunk it down the field. Yeah. And, and you know, you got Antonio Brown already. So it's not like teams could have focused in on the Darius Green. But but now uh, he already had ankle surgery, uh, which evidently is taking them an inordinate, inordinate amount of time to come back from. But now there's whispers that, that he's got some concussion issues or something, which, you know, to be honest with you, I'm so flummoxed about it because he hasn't practiced. <laughs> like, when did he get a concussion for him to still have concussion yeah. issues? I know he had concussions last year in the beginning of the season, but he continued to play after that. So now there's these as-to-date unconfirmed reports about him 
having concussion issues that may, may, emphasis on may, be bad enough for him to consider retiring. And so, look, uh, they still got Antonio Brown, sure enough. But Marcus Wheaton, while a decent player, uh, is obviously a downgrade from a guy like Martavis Bryant. He's he's not nearly uh, that kind of a playmaker. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay, I'm still amazed that this guy actually can catch the football now. I, I, I need to own stock in whatever gloves he wears because all of a sudden now he can catch. But every once in a while, you see him drop some like he used to. And you got Sammy Coates, who's still ineffective at wide receiver. Well, yeah. not ineffective. Uh, I'd say uh, uh, not consistent. Yeah. You know, he, he's a guy who can get up, get down the field in a hurry, but he hasn't had the consistency that the Steelers are, Steelers are really looking for. And so you look at that and you take Antonio Brown out of the equation. Who in the hell is Ben Roethlisberger is going to be throwing to? Yeah. <laughs> and this is an offense that really, you know, uh, even though Le'Veon Bell is a hell of a, a, a running back, their, their base is predicated on chucking the ball down the field. Yeah. And they have a perfect quarterback for it. But it, it almost feels like if the Darius Green can't get healthy and, you know, maybe a guy like Sammy Coast can't step up, they're going to waste Ben Roethlisberger this year. Even with – I don't care how well D'Angelo Williams plays. I think he's going to play pretty well. I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, at Le'Veon Bell's yeah. level. But I think he'll be a steady presence, you know, and, and get you some good yards. But, man, if you can't chuck it down the field and the teams can actually just focus in on Antonio Brown and try to take him away, I, 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 I'm going to have to greatly revise my projections for the Steelers because, look, when they signed Darius Green, I kind of felt like this was a Super Bowl-type team, a team that could go very deep in the playoffs with that kind of talent uh, surrounding Big Ben. E- even though I, you know, I'm still a little worried about um, their pass rush, their their best pass rushers really right now are uh, guys that kind of play on the interior, Car- Cameron Hayward mm-hmm. and Steven Tewitt. Um and, and those guys get after it now, don't get me wrong, but you always like to have that edge rusher. Yeah. And the fact that they're still relying on James Harrison to be that dominant edge rusher, that, scared, that should scare everybody. Yeah. Because it's, Father Time is undefeated. <laughs> yeah. He catches up with us all. Sooner or later, you know, James Harrison, and he looked good in the first preseason game, schooled a rookie, uh, Decker for, for the Lions, and got him a sack and caused fumble. But father time catches up to everybody. Yeah. And so that, that will worry me about their defense. Um, but I, th- this team isn't supposed to, at this point, rely on their defense like that anyway. Yeah. You know, they, they had – trying to stack their offense where their defense wouldn't have to carry them like it used to anyway. Yeah. But now, like I said, when you don't have Ladarius Green, um, who is the backup tight end? I'm not even sure. I, you know, I, I guess, guess it's Jesse James. Jesse James. And that's a great name for a football <laughs> player. You know, great Scarface song as well. But uh, you know, at the same time, it's not Ladarius Green. And, and they haven't needed yeah. Ladarius Green before now, obviously. Uh, they, you know, they, they, um, who was it that they had um, for all those years? Uh, Heath Evans. Oh, uh, Heath Evans. Shit. Uh, uh, hang on one second. I will tell you because I have the page <laughs> open right here. It's, I know because it. Uh, Heath Miller. Right. 
Heath Miller, it, it, who was a very uh, reliable guy, wasn't wasn't ever really a game breaker. And, yeah. and they still did okay uh, in, in that event. But but again, I, I, they thought they were going to have Martavis Bryant this year. They thought they were going to have Darius Green this year also. And that would have been very a very formidable lineup. Yeah. Those two guys filled with Antonio Brown. Now you don't have Le, uh, Le'Veon Bell either. I just don't know how this team goes, especially in a division like, you know, the AFC North, which has so much, so many good defenses. Yeah. Right. It's hard nosed defenses, the Bengals and the Ravens. And, and look, the Browns even showed some sparks of life on defense yeah. uh, the other day. So, uh, you have to be able to put up points, man. You, you have to be able to, especially if your defense may not be the most dominant in the world too. Yeah. So I, I'm a little nervous about the Steelers, quite frankly. If the, if Ladarius Green could just get off pup, that that would be great. If he could get off the pup list, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would make me feel so much better about not only my prediction for him breaking out this year, but about this team. But yeah. until that happens, I'm going to have a lot of question marks about just how they're going to score, especially until Le'Veon Bell comes back. I think when he comes back, he takes a lot of pressure off. Now you're still going to have – D'Angelo Williams just as a backup. So, yeah. you know, th- those two guys will kind of be able to stay fresh once Le'Veon Bell comes back. But until then, man, I, I just don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting because wait, how many wait, how many games is Bell suspended for? Is it f- I thought it was four. Four. Yeah, I think it is four. But their first four games, I mean, it's interesting because their first four games include one against the Bengals in week two, which obviously, you know, a division game and as close as that division has been in the past, that's the kind of thing that can have ramifications in January. And then the chiefs in week four, which is, you know, not a game that you can take for granted. Yeah. The chiefs are always going to be a a tough out, uh, this year, uh, they have some injuries on, on defense or what have you, and, and, and uh, Eric Berry isn't in camp. But I, I just – look, I, I'm not sure. I know that we like to look at, at, at the schedule in advance, but I, I just don't know if Ladarius Green doesn't come back and play early on. I'm not sure you can actually pencil in any wins yeah. until Le- Le'Veon Bell comes back. I just, I just am not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, don't have now. You got Jesse James, and we say you didn't need a Ladarius Green, but you did have a Heath Miller, and he was very reliable. You throw him the football, he was going to catch it for the most part. I, I don't know that we have that kind of and have that kind of trust that Jesse James can just can just do that, can just even be a Heath Miller, even if you don't think he Heath Miller was all that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and especially like you say, you know, without with Bryant gone, you know, it's a big deal because you just don't have that. I mean, you got to have somebody else in that lineup that can do something. It's, it's, um, oh, wait a second. We actually have sort of breaking news about Ladarius Green. I just looked. Uh, oh. they, uh, ESPN's Steelers beat writer th- thinks that, uh, he could be headed to IR. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Say so I guess I know so. what you're doing after we get off the phone. <laughs> right. Say it ain't so. But, uh, I mean, is it is it firm or <laughs> I almost feel like, please let him be wrong. Please let him be wrong. I, yeah, it's not firm. It's not anything. You know what I mean? It's not. 
it's nothing confirmed at all. And I guess, too, it's like, well, why would you put him on IR if you can just keep him on reserve pup to start the season unless they feel like he's, you know what I mean, if he's not going to be able to play at all. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing that's so infuriating is that you got these rumors out there, but the Steelers just won't talk about it. They, yeah. You know, they, they said the last thing I heard was uh, Mike Thomas said it was still the ankle. Like, he wouldn't even comment on these concussion rumors. He just said it's still about the ankle. Yeah. So who knows at this point what's really <laughs> going on? And that's kind of like the most frustrating thing is you just don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and especially the Steelers, the Steelers teams, the team neurosurgeon for the Steelers is also the one that said, uh, your concussions are just as dangerous, you know, for people sitting on the couch at home watching the game or, or kids riding a bike as it is for the players. So anytime I hear the word concussion and a Steelers player in the same yeah. sentence, I'm always like, uh-oh. <laughs> but again, I, I'm just trying to understand because now the thing of it is, is that um, Ladarius Green said that his concussions were misdiagnosed last year. Yeah. He said it was actually some kind of sinus issue. Mm-hmm. But there's the but the reports are saying concussion, and again I'm just wondering the the guy hasn't practiced. Yeah, as far as I as far as I understand, he hasn't practiced this spring at all, like not even in shorts or anything. Yeah. So when did he get a concussion? Or or this how could, is this something supposedly from last season still carrying over? Because he played after that, and that was early on in the season. Yeah. So I'm just very 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 confused right now. <laughs> And I'm sure I'm not the only one, especially Steelers fans. I'm just very confused about, you know, what's what's going on here. Well, yeah, how the hell they missed this when they signed the guy to a four-year, $20 million contract in March. It, 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 it defies logic, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that makes the – I mean, if the Steelers are kind of on shaky ground, I mean, I, I guess that's the Bengals to me are still – I know they had some losses with free agency, but – Still a pretty good team and still probably the, you know, with any season preview type thing, you get, you have to kind of throw out the claws if everybody can stay healthy. But uh, so that, and the Bengals would be the favorite in, in lieu of the Steelers, I would think. Um, probably so, but I, I wouldn't count out the Ravens now. Okay. Um, I, I really wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I love uh, – the Bengals, um, they got Dalton coming back, you know, and, and after he got hurt at the end of last mm-hmm. season, they kind of dashed their hopes. But before he got hurt, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, felt like they could go very deep in the playoffs. Like they, they, yeah, uh, with, with Andy Dalton at the helm, there weren't many teams that I thought could just come in and beat them. Yeah. Quite honestly. So, um, I, I do like the Bengals. Uh, they still have uh, two very good running backs in, in um, Geo and uh, AJ what, Green, AJ Green uh, receiver. Oh, uh, Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill, and then like you said, AJ Green, who's outstanding. Um, and their defense. Look, people are saying Geno Atkins looks like the best that he's ever been. Yeah. And that's pretty damn good because he's been really good before now. Hell, he was really good last year. And they yeah. added Carlos Dansby. I think he's going to make a difference as well. And Bontez Burfick should be healthy for a whole season this time going on. 
I think he's suspended um, though early on in the season, but mm-hmm. um, you know he doesn't have to worry about coming off injury this time. So their defense, I think, is stacked, and and, and that's one of the like I said, it's one of the things you look for in an AFC North team in the first place. Yeah, uh, to kind of make it light on your offense, and but I think their offense can put up a lot of points too. Yeah. So uh, they brought in Brandon LaFell. They they lost a few wide receivers. Tyler Boyd might be a a, a sleeper guy, a rookie um, that has evidently has been impressing in camp so mm-hmm. far. Um, so it, th- there's a lot of reasons to like uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. But when you, when you talk about uh, the Ravens, look. One of the problems they've had is with their secondary, where they mm-hmm. went out and got Eric Weddle. And I think he's going yeah. to go a long way in helping to shore up their secondary. It still has some talent. Now, Jimmy Smith has kind of come around after a slow start to his career. Um, but Darius Webb is a guy who, you know, <laughs> makes some good plays and makes some not great plays. Yeah. But they brought in Kendrick Lewis also. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I thought their defensive line was – was pretty dominant last year. Terrell Suggs just came off of the pup list also. Yeah. Uh, and so their defense has a chance to be pretty much about as dominant as they've been in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and then um, this is probably going to get some Snickers, but don't be surprised if Mike Wallace has a, a big year this year. Yeah. Um, you, you, look, He's not a very likable guy, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> after, you know, he, look, the thing of it is, it's kind of easy to forget the numbers that he put up in Pittsburgh his first couple seasons. Yeah. The guy had one year where he caught 60 balls for over 1,200 yards. He averaged, averaged with those numbers, 21 yards of reception. That year, I had ten touchdowns. That was his second year in the league. Yeah. Now that's that's been like six years ago. That was two thousand and ten. But he's we know he's always been fast. He's got speed. He can run pretty good routes. But you know, once he left the Steelers and went to Miami, you know, he basically became like a diva and turned a lot of people off to him. Yeah. I thought he had an okay year last year with Minnesota. But the truth be told. And while I like uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he had a problem with his deep balls. Yeah. So it was plenty of times last year where you saw Mike Wallace running wide open yeah. down the field, running up the sideline, and the ball just didn't get there. So, and that's something um, Flacco won't, doesn't have a problem with. He's going to chunk the hell out of that football to Mike Wallace. <laughs> I really can see. And now, he's healthy saying, again. Right. He's healthy. He's been practicing coming off the knee injury from last year. Uh, but – uh, I'm not saying that Mike Wallace will be like a Pro Bowl type guy, but I'm saying that uh, I think like the last few years, like I said, his second season, he averaged 21 yards a catch. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, he's averaged like around a little over 12 yards a catch. Yeah. Which, look, it's Mike Wallace, man. He should be averaging in the high teens yeah. at the very least. Like, I don't expect him to get up to 21 again. Like, that's <laughs> just crazy. But but Mike Wallace shouldn't be averaging 12 point whatever yards of reception. That's just, that's just a poor use of his talent, Yeah, right? He averaged 12.1 yards a catch last year. 
and twelve point nine a year before that. That 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 shouldn't happen, and I don't think it will happen this year for the Ravens. Uh, so you, you, you have a guy that could be the deep threat. Um, Steve Smith just came off the pup list again, and we know that he's going out there with something to prove. I saw Rennie Stanley the other night in the preseason game looking pretty good yep. at left tackle, right? One of the things that actually impressed me was, um, because I, I, I knocked him about it in college, was he actually looked pretty good as a run blocker yeah. the other day. And, and definitely looked, as I expected, as, as a pass blocker. So the offensive line is already pretty stout. Uh, they got the rookie. He's going to have to learn, you know, some things here and there. And they got like a gazillion tight ends. Yeah. Seriously. They got Ben Watson. Dennis Pitta is coming back off of another injury. A guy I like a lot, Crockett Gilmore, is, is back as well. Max Williams, big, strong guy. Yeah. They got a bunch of tight ends. So that, that gives them um, kind of the ability to be very multiple as well. Yeah. We talked last week about the Patriots with, with Grunk and Martellius Bennett being able to create matchup problems. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not necessarily saying they could do the same thing with th- these tight ends, but it can pretty, come pretty close. Like yeah. it, you, They don't have a Grunk, but Ben Watson has shown that he, he can step up and be a very good pass-receiving tight end. These other guys can do a little bit of everything. Parker yeah. Gilmore is a very good blocker. Max Williams is a just a really big guy. So that gives you flexibility in the offense. And then you got Justin Forsett coming back. Terrence West, who was a very good running back, I thought, in Cleveland, but, but was just mental for some reason. Like, you remember Terrence West, like, start off pretty good in Cleveland, but then, like, he wanted yeah, to demand the start. And it was him and Isaiah Crowell. And he just refused, like he didn't want to be a backup or something. And so they finally shipped his ass out of there. Yeah, and didn't play for the Titans uh, uh, either, as I recall. Um, but it, it sounds like he's got his act together. And 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 his problem wasn't never talent. He's a big, strong running back who who can you know he's got enough speed to get to the edge, but he'll run through you as yeah. well. So this offense, I think, especially if Steve Smith can stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. That, the last couple of years have been held on him as far as injuries. But if he's anything like the old Steve Smith coming off this, I think he tore his Achilles last year. Yeah. If he's anything like the old Steve Smith, this offense could be sneaky good. Like better than a lot of people I, I imagine are anticipating. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I'm going to tell you like this, Kamar Aiken is a guy I liked a lot last year. In, in a year where the, the, the Ravens weren't very good mm-hmm. after all the injuries and stuff, that dude showed up. I saw him uh, um, play really well most of the season. Uh, he's not a household name, but get ready to hear more about Kamar Aiken and wide receiver for them too. So I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with, with Pittsburgh. I think any of these three teams could could go on the run and win this division. I think this is going to be one of the stronger divisions in the league again. Yeah. But I'm just saying, don't count out the Ravens. I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking them after the year they had last season. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just telling you, their defensive line is stout as hell. Yeah. Uh, and the secondary is better. And the secondary is better. That defense is going to come after your ass now. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, uh, they added Kendrick Lewis and, 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 and Weddle. I wouldn't be surprised if this team is a little bit better than everybody's expecting. Yeah. 
Uh, now, we talked about the Browns fairly recently because RG3 was a, a subject of conversation last week and the week sure. before on the show. But, you know, I'll have to say I was pretty interested in that. I mean, I know it's just one play, and I do not want to overreact to the preseason at all, but that catch, that play from that throw from RG3 and that catch by Terrell Pryor, pretty nice play right there. Yep. And, 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 I, and I have been kind of, you know, saying that, that, look, Terrell Pryor with his size and his speed could be a pretty good wide receiver, man. He really could. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not going to be a whole lot of guys that can run with him. Yeah. He, he runs like a gazelle. And yeah. what is the one thing I keep saying is, what's the one thing we know RG3 can do? He can throw the football down the field too now. Yep. Like up and down, you, you look at the AFC North, they got a bunch of guys that can really, you know, hit on some deep balls. Yeah. I promise you. Maybe, maybe the best division in football for that when you think about it. Yeah. So if they can hit on those a little bit more, you just never know. Now, obviously, RG3 came back and threw the interception. Uh, to <laughs> me, watching the game, you know, we don't have uh, the coaches film for the preseason. Yeah. But I went back and watched um, you know, the TV copy. I would be a little bit more concerned with the offensive line, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I kind of talked myself into thinking that their offensive line – would just be a little bit better than people thought. But um, John Greco started the game off getting pushed in the RG3 on that very same play. Yeah. The long, the long ball to Terrell Pryor. And the next play, which is uh, when you had the fumble handoff between RG3 and, uh, and Crowell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was mostly because John Greco got his ass kicked again. Yeah. He was like five yards pushed in the backfield right where the handoff was happening. And that was actually where they were supposed to run the football. Like, they were running a zone right to him and got his ass kicked again. And then you come back and you got Cameron Irvin at at center who who, uh, they're trying to run a counter and he goes the wrong way. Yeah. And then uh, the the Packers blitz. They only sent five. They they just had a linebacker, uh, Nick Perry, blitz Cam Irvin. Cam Irvin got his ass kicked and, and got RG3 blown up. So, um, as much as people will focus on RG3, and, and, and we've come to understand that, I think <laughs> if you're going to look for somewhere uh, there was a major area of concern, I think you would rank the offensive line a little bit higher than RG3, yeah. just to be honest with you. Because uh, you can't really do anything with a shitty offensive line. You just can't. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I, I've been a Bucks fan for a long time since I was playing. <laughs> and, I, and so I can testify to this. When you have a shitty offensive line, nothing really works. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, the passing game, the running game, nothing really works. So they're going to have to get that fixed, like, right away. Or it, it won't really matter who's that quarterback. Of course, you know, everybody's going to shit on RG3. And sometimes it'll be warranted. But ain't nobody standing behind the offensive line that I saw in the first quarter against the Packers. And, and really doing uh, uh, very well. I, I just don't see that happening. So um, I think, like I said, I, I did see a, a little bit from their defense. Uh, I think their defense could be okay. Uh, you know, they, they have uh, Ray Horton as their defense coordinator, and I like him a lot. Uh, I don't think they're going to show a, lot, a whole lot of what they're really going to do in the preseason because I expect them to blitz, get off the bus blitzing yeah. this season with him as defense coordinator. 
Um, but you know, some guys look pretty good for them. Um, just to be quite honest, uh, Emmanuel Ogba got a. I think he got a sack. Yeah. Um, they have him playing five technique now, which I thought was interesting. Instead of um, outside rush, rush outside linebacker. It, 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 evidently, it's because of the injury to um, uh, who was it that got hurt? The uh, Desmond Bryant. Yeah. Evidently, that forced him to move Ogba, and Ogba looked huge, quite honestly. So he might yeah, actually really end did. up being pretty good. I was like, damn, he looks bigger, <laughs> right? <laughs> For real, I was like, damn, he, he done grown or something since I last time I saw him. But he he looks okay there. So, um, but you know, they're going to be young, um, pretty much on both sides of the yeah. football by design. You know, they got rid of some of their older players and they drafted like twenty guys, <laughs> and that's only a small exaggeration. Uh, so they're they're going to be young. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. But I, I I expect the Browns to be that kind of team that's like not very good, but in a lot of games right to the end, and they're going to mess around and win some games that nobody expects them. Yeah, to. a spoiler that spoiler kind of team because they have that they have enough talent to do that. Right, and, and, and speaking of not uh, freaking out, look, Corey Coleman isn't going to play again tonight. That, uh, that guy probably is going to end up being a number one wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, the rookie out of Baylor. So there's not a whole lot you'll be able to tell without him out there. Yeah. Again, if your number one wide receiver doesn't play, there's a lot of your offense you can't do. And it's not like you're going to do a whole lot of it in the preseason anyway. And Andrew Hawkins, who's also a quality, um, like, you know, slot receiver type guy, didn't play in the first game. And I'm not sure he's playing tonight. So, um, it's hard to to say how good the offense will be. But like I said, when it comes down to it, I think their offensive line is going to be, it might end up being their Achilles heel this yeah. year. It, it won't really matter. You know, the, the headlines, of course, is going to be RG3 uh, <laughs> all year. Sure. Or if he doesn't make it the whole year, it's probably going to be, be even bigger headlines. But um, <laughs> the, the, the thing that I saw that, that – that would have concerned me the most if I were a Browns fan last week was the offense, specifically the right side of the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, I think that Batonio and Joe Thomas, they'll be fine on the left, but uh, just Greco J- John Greco, Pazdor, or whatever it is, whoever it is uh, that's playing on the right tackle. I'll be fair to Pastor. I didn't really see him screw up a lot, but yeah, Greco and Cam Irvin, those guys got to come with it, man. They, yeah. Woo, that was. That was not pretty. <laughs> I'm like, why do you go the wrong way on a fucking counter? And get a <laughs> well, Irving got rolled on that one play, too, that resulted in the botched handoff. I mean, that was just – I mean, there was a vine going around on Twitter that night. It was just like, holy shit. I mean, I've seen some bad center plays, but that was really – woo. That was uh, one of the worst. I, I, I give this. Like, there was one vine that was wrong. There was one vine where uh, it was actually a – uh, screen and the running back didn't get out like the running back got grabbed. But yeah, there was some other vines where he completely was just he yeah. got his ass kicked. So and, and look, I tried to kind of again, I, I've been <laughs> I've been kind of trying to talk myself into to the Browns being okay this year. Uh, <laughs> because remember I wasn't high on Cam Irving when he came out. When I actually looked at the tape, I was like, mm, I thought this dude was a little bit better than this. Yeah. Um 
And then he 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 played at guard last year and just woof, it was ugly. Yeah. But I figured, hey, he's at center. Most centers get you know the protection of the guards a lot, so they don't have to do a whole lot on their own. Um, and he he is quick, um, and, and he seems to be strong enough. But man, he just I I was wrong <laughs> for at least one game. I was wrong. Now he has an opportunity to redeem himself, of course. And, and like I said, I, I don't think the guy is just a slappy by any means. But uh, the, last week was not encouraging. I put it that way. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll, maybe they'll get it worked out, and we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what they could do this week in the preseason. Um, you know, they got three more games to go, so it ought to be interesting. It ought to be something to watch. But you know, I'm sure everybody will have their RG three takes ready to go. I, I already saw one RG three take because you know he's getting a divorce, and one of the Cleveland beat writers oh, who, who can be kind of obnoxious said something about like celebrity quarterbacks. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like Jesus dude, Christ, dude. I mean, first of all. Evidently, he's been getting a divorce for months. This is our first time hearing about it. So it's not like, you know, he's been all over the airwaves or some yeah. broadcasting. I'm not exactly sure why or how it came out. Now, I guess evidently TMZ had an article about him and his new girlfriend. But, like, how do you – I've seen a whole lot of leaps of logic, but that one just <laughs> – it almost took the damn cake. I'm like, what – and, and, you know, I told you before, I, I try to avoid arguing with people on Twitter or starting fights on Twitter, but I almost actually <laughs> tweeted that guy. And I, I I don't know him from Adam, but I, I just was so beside myself. Like, how do you go from point A to point Z like that? Like, he skipped <laughs> all the rest of the alphabets and like, this is bad. This is terrible. <laughs> Mind you, evidently, RG3 won the job in the midst of all this divorce stuff, yeah. would kind of say that he's at least figured out how to manage it well enough to still perform on the field. Yeah. But no, celebrity, you know. Because <laughs> all these celebrities a, get divorced, obviously. Right, anyway, like, you know? <laughs> how, how, how do you even turn that into being a celebrity? The fact that you're getting a divorce and somebody reported on it, <laughs> make sure it's like, like, He's not doing a reality show about this shit, right? It's just like people just happen to report on it. But to hear him tell it, you know, RG3 is running around with a limo with neon lights on it saying, I'm getting divorced. I mean, the most asinine, ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time. And look, there's a lot of ridiculous NFL writers in particular and sports writers in general. But this guy just about took the fucking cake with that one. Yeah, the Brown the Browns media world is always weird anyway. I mean, it's always kind of intense because you know, football is such a religion there anyway, and you always get sort of like the coverage, the level of coverage for a market that size is really like different than a lot of other, you know, markets in in, in the NFL. And so you all you have a lot more beat writers and everybody's competing to have a voice in it. And so you get some outrageous ones in there and boy, that was, <laughs> that one really took the cake. <laughs> look, we talk about people who, you know, <laughs> you know, do stuff like this, but I, 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 you know, I try to follow beat writers from every team. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, I'm, I follow Mary Kay Cabot and she's straight down the line, not a whole lot of sensationalism at all. Yeah. Has good information. Haven't really seen her put out a bad report. So I want to give her a shout out too, because 
she does really good work in my opinion. Yeah. I might not always agree with her, right? But when it comes to her reporting and stuff, I, I feel like she's pretty as, as down the middle as you can get. Yeah. But but you're right. Like I see all these other tapes flying every day. <laughs> and not just with the Browns, but the Browns definitely have their fair share of people who, you know, we go back to a few weeks ago when everybody was telling us uh, <laughs> it, it was going to be McCown's team, right? This, yeah. Well, I practice every day. I'm telling you, McCown's lighting it up. <laughs> Okay, dude. Uh, look, I've seen McCown up close and personal for two years. I'm not going to call bullshit, but I'm calling bullshit on that. Right? But, you know, it, that's just kind of how it goes. You got some people who thrive on that kind of stuff. But even this, this, this grossy <laughs> column, article, whatever you want to call it, was so much worse than even that, right? It, it, this is just Oh, like, I see. Now, I didn't even go read the column because it was just such a bunch of shit the tweet was to begin with. And I was just like, ah. Uh. But it's just why? Why do that? Like it's <laughs> obvious why, right? We we understand he's doing it to get attention, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of he didn't know that they didn't know not only him but the people who published it didn't know that that article was going to get a whole lot of attention, and so with the tweet. Yeah. So they're doing it for attention, but come on, man, you, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. You, you really didn't. Like. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season in uh, with RG3 in Cleveland just because of crazy shit like that. A frustrating and fun season, I should say. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you thought the Manziel stuff, I mean, the Manziel oh. stuff was different last year, but, man, this is going to be – you think about the shit RG3 got in Washington. You just imagine now it's it's going to be in Cleveland. and Woo! All right. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, Stephen, we are running long. We should wrap it up here and uh, reconvene again next week. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, man. We'll uh, we'll have some more preseason takes to digest too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the best part of preseason is the takes. So. Yeah, absolutely. No overreacting, and then we'll have plenty to overreact about the that. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Always a good time in August. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Good show. And uh, we'll talk to folks again next week. Tune in to the Onside Kick Family Hour. Thank you for listening and uh, enjoy your weekend. (laughs) 